Another Jags podcast. This is episode 109. And as always, it's Joey and me sitting here in the studio talking Jags. Joey, how's it going? It's going good, man. Going real good. Excited for 109. I mean, you said that very firmly. I did. It could anywhere from like 106 to like 115, but we're going with 109. It depends on who you ask, but we're if you ask us, it's 109. All right. Um, how was the ride over here, Joey? Because if you didn't know, I live kind of close to a, a, a famous event happening in the Jacksonville area this weekend. Um, any traffic coming across? You know, this time of night, I was expecting a little bit. I mean, you're kind of in the epicenter, and mm-hmm. you guys don't know what we're talking about. You obviously are not from here, but it is TPC Sawgrass time, which is like the, I mean, other than I think Florida, Georgia, is the biggest event in Jacksonville. Absolutely. I'd kind of argue for Monster Jam would be in the top three as well, <laughs> oh, but, oh. you know, TPC Sawgrass is up there, but no, there was I mean, you saw the signs, you saw the parking signs, there was a larger police presence, which is always nice to have, because kind of things kind of get crazy sometimes, but no, smooth sailing, man. Absolutely. I, I expected a little bit of traffic, because the, the chain smokers are actually playing tonight, which, so the chain smokers for Military Appreciation Night are playing a concert. No interest for listening to the chain smokers? Dude, I love the chain smokers, yeah, man. Hey. I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. That requires like taking off work and you know like not a not oh, adu- Joey, not adulting. Chainsmokers are, are very good, and apparently they're huge fans of the veterans because that's why they decided to do it, which was kind of cool. Is it? Is that really? It is. I heard on the radio on the way here. It's actual factual. The awesome. first like non-country band I think we've had in eighty years. That's true. So it was kind of cool. Like they they don't even like golf. Apparently they just wanted to come because they support what the vets do. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, quickly before we move into our Jags conversation. Um, you got a winner for this weekend. Who you got? Um, in my office pool, I do believe that I have John Rom and excuse me, John Rum, like the drink, or John Rom, Rom, okay, the, uh, okay, okay, Spanish long hitter, okay, and uh, took Russell Knox as my second pick. I know golfer guy said it, it was from Scotland. I think he's Swedish, like oh. really. And he went to Ju basically, but he's used to the grass here this time of year, the overseeding, which is huge apparently. This is the wow. first kind of like swing they take through here, the third event with that type of graphs. And it takes a different kind of player to play that. And I took him as a second. The big thing's going to be the wind, which I mean, I, last week you saw the wind. It was cranking. That makes the course insanely difficult. Been pretty dead right now. So if it stays like it is, man, it's going to be very, very low scores coming up. So that's kind of my take on it. Well, that was way more analysis on the winner than I think anyone here was expecting. Um, hey, I know my golf, man. I'm going to pick Brooks Kepka because although he has been playing poor lately, which I only found out because I'm in a text thread with golf fans, but um, he went to Florida State and I'm an FSU fan, which is the first college team I'll pledge allegiance to tonight on this podcast. <sighs> we'll see later. Who else? Hey, Florida State also <laughs> won in baseball. We'll see. Tonight. <laughs> I, I will say this. I took Kepka last week and he absolutely hosed me with yeah. getting like a very, very low finish, but... All that guy cares about is majors, and if you know anything about golf, the Players' Championship is like the illegitimate stepchild of the majors. That's and right. $2.7 million to the yeah. winner this year. That sounds like what I make in a month. So he's he's going to get up for that. So that's a good pick, man. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see. We'll see. Make sure you follow our Twitter. We're at Another Jags Pod. Facebook, Instagram, Another Jags Podcast. You can search it up. I got to ask you, because it's been a week since we've talked about Yannick Ngakwe. I know most people are tired of talking about Yannick Ngakwe, but just give me like a sense as time's gone on and as news has come out, 
Do you feel better or worse about this situation? I mean, I'm, I'm neutral because literally nothing's changed. And I think it's kind of died off because I think everybody is kind of in the same boat. He's not going to be a Jaguar next year. Yeah. Period. That's true. So you, ha, have you felt the same? Yeah, I didn't think yeah. there was any hope last week whatsoever. I didn't think there was, was any hope the week before. I think his Twitter comments nailed it. Uh, he's not going to be on the team. Yeah. Well, so um, that leads us to the next player of importance that is no longer with the team. Um, A.J. Boye was traded to the Denver Broncos in exchange for a fourth-round pick. We haven't gotten your opinion on yet on that yet. Um, A.J. Boye gone. What are your thoughts on that? I was pretty certain they were going to let him go for cap space anyway. The fact that we got a fourth-round pick for him was kind of a bonus, even though it's conditional. But still, I mean, we got something for him. I like Boye. He, he did what he was supposed to here. He's a great player. I mean, great guy. Never any trouble. Played well. And his leaving comments were fantastic. I mean, he appreciated his opportunity here. He said good things about Jacksonville and the fans. And I wish him well in Denver. I mean, I think he's just that guy. I mean, he was not worth, what, $9, $10 million on the cap hit next year for what he was going to give us? Yeah, that's true. I mean, it was nice to see him handle it in a way that was respectful to the fans. Yeah, um, we haven't seen that. In a long time. Yeah, we didn't see that of our last even to back that is no longer with the team. No. But at the same time, A.J. Boye being gone, I, I feel like the sentiment of most people is he was probably going to get cut. Um, the fact that we got a, a trade for him is okay. Fourth round, good. We'll take it. Um, but where does that leave the roster? I mean, I mean, well, this is where it leaves the roster. We have the roster pulled up. Um, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, we have the roster pulled up to the to the left on the screen. And... The defensive back class is that's left is is pretty underwhelming to say the least. So and and thin on top of that, thin and underwhelming. So, what do the Jaguars do to fix this position? Because as we look at the roster, we have DJ Hayden, who is a decent back, you know, a good player. Not not sure what his capabilities are on the outside. He's a nickel though. He's yeah, a very good nickel. Absolutely, but they're not putting him outside. And you got Trey Herndon, who I think is a coin flip either way. Like I think Trey Herndon's a great a good yeah. player and. And I'm cool with Trey Hearn. I like him. Yeah, and I think he could roll into the season as your DB2. I agree. Um, And he could prove himself to be a DB1. Who knows? I mean, he's only 24. No, I'm, people I'm, forget how young he is. I'm fine with him on one side. Absolutely. And then, But then where are we left with? Because after that, we're at like Perry Nickerson, Brandon Watson. I mean, these guys aren't going to see the field. How should they address the gap at cornerback position? I mean, do we, do we get into it at this point of what I think is going to happen? Or... Like, do I give you like a fake answer? I want to hear first of all what you would do, and then second of all what you think they're going to do. I mean, what I would do is what I think they're going to do. Okay, what is Based, it? I, I think that we are going all offense next year. All offense. So you can't, you can't fix all the problems that we have. You can't fix fix the other cornerback position. You can't fix the fact that we don't. I mean, we kind of have a safety, but not really. You can't fix the middle linebacker position as well as the aging middle of the defensive line and the people are going to have to let go there. You can't fix all the defense and all the offensive concerns we have. So I think they're going all in on offense next year. Okay. So this is where my question is. Um, I've heard you mention that before, and yeah. I think that is a solution that could happen. We'll talk more about that. I think later. Sure. But what I want to know from you is what are they going to do at the cornerback position? Oh, I mean, they're going to, dra they're going to draft somebody maybe like, so third not round or they're going to pick up, you know, a $3 million DB and free agency, just somebody to fill the gap, man. It's not going to be anybody's excited about, or it's going to be somebody young that's got to learn the role that might be good later on. But I mean, it's not going to be solid. 
Okay, so you said the th- a third round pick. Like when you were when you were talking about the Jags going all offense next year, I assumed that's pick one, pick one, pick two, pick three. Hey, maybe fourth or f- I mean somewhere in, later in the draft they're gonna they're gonna have to pick up some flyers to add to the def- defensive depth because we have so many holes. But they're not gonna pick up big guys. So there's I, I just it's I can't see them going into the season with the DBs they have like, no, but, but I, I also don't see them solving it through a fifth, even a fourth round guy. I don't think they're going to try to solve it. I think they're going to try to just plug somebody in. I think if Okuda falls to them in the draft, Okuda is then as the guy. Well, he's not going to though. I don't think so either, but uh, it, unless that happens, if they take CJ Henderson, I'm, I'm done being a Jaguars fan. It's funny because you're saying you're a you're a Gator fan. I'm a huge Gator fan. I'm a Gator fan. C.J. Henderson is as soft as Play-Doh. <laughs> Neither one of us likes C.J. Henderson. No, because yeah. we watched him play last yeah. year, like a lot of snaps. Yeah. The dude is a soft cover DB, and that's it. I mean, he's got like four picks in his career, and he doesn't tackle. I think I think his I want to say his freshman year, Richard freshman year, he led the team, and no, no, he didn't lead the team. He had 22 tackles. He. I, I think the I think the thing about him is that he can tackle. That's what they're saying. Maybe I didn't I didn't see it at when he was playing at Florida. I didn't know nowhere did he play where he was like, man, that dude is a solid tackler. The way that Ahmad Black, the a way that Major Wright, even Joe Hayden to a certain extent, sure. would tackle. No. This guy doesn't really tackle like that. There's ca- no fierceness about him whatsoever. Yeah. So um, I I don't know. But but look on the Gator train here. Um, a defensive back that may be a guy who the Jags bring in. How about a Brian Poole? Brian Poole, a guy that played in um, in Atlanta, and he's a good journeyman. He's solid. You know what you're getting out of him. Yeah, I mean he's he he's coming off his best season last year. Um, he had like an insane coverage grade. He played for Philly last year. No, uh, he, he played last year. I think he was with either the Jets or the Falcons. The okay. Falcons. Okay. The Falcons. Um. And so, good guy, good player, 80 coverage grade. I mean, that's what you want, 7.4 yards per reception in 2019. Um, and so, he did play slot, though. So, that's another guy that I don't know if there's going to be competition there with DJ Hayden, both playing slot receivers. But just interesting that it was a, another Gator player there. Uh, Kendall Fuller, um, he's, that could be a guy that I think the Jags really could key in on not the greatest guy not a guy that you think um is going to solidify as your cornerback one but 2017 he had a good year i mean he was one of the best dbs in 2017 um but he's kind of been falling off since then but look out for kendall fuller i think that's a name that you could see if, if they're if they're doing your solution of going all offense that's a guy that they might Sounds go like to. a prime candidate yeah that could be it right there for sure I mean, I just don't expect you're going to see any like major moves on defense unless somebody crazy, like you said, Acuna, falls to us. I mean, if if it's just unbelievable, like best pick possible, falls to us, of course they're going to take them. But I don't think that's going to be their game plan. There's just too much to fix, and it just seems like they're selling the house off, man. I mean, well, before we get into um, that, because you said they're selling the house off, and I think the discussion of are they tanking. Is a, it's an interesting question, and I want to get to that after the break in segment two, but sure. I want to stay on this train of drafting all offense. 
Yeah. Because you've kind of seen, I mean, we kind of talked about that for a while. We said, you know, why not do it? This is the time to do it with when you're in the quarterback situation that you're in. You have another year with your running back that's pretty good. You feel good about your offensive line. This would be the year to do it if everything they're saying is true. Yeah. So you mentioned it months and months ago. So here we are a couple months later. I think you might have mentioned it in December, maybe. Yeah, it was a while ago. Here we are, March. Do you Are you still with that? I am, because every move they're making leads towards that. I mean, they're making no decisions whatsoever to fix the defense because I think they have too much to fix. And look at the draft. It is a wide receiver, like just like healthy draft. It's an offensive line, healthy draft. It's There's plenty of good running backs you can get all over the place to comment or to supplement Fournette. I mean, it, it, there's lots to be had on the offensive side of the ball, and and we've got a lot of picks. Yeah, I mean, if you're watching our YouTube channel, which I recommend that you do, because who doesn't want to watch Joey and me I mean, hang on. out in the come another on. Jags Pod studio with your Niagara water? Hey, Niagara is, if we want to get into that, I've got a lot to say about Niagara. I mean, no, let's you know, save that for the uh It won't the kill end. you. There's not carcinogens in it. Let's <laughs> leave it at that. And it's cheap. Um, well, in the YouTube video, we, I have pulled up on the bottom left the team stats and rankings for the Jaguars for offense last year. And although it is exciting to remember the plays that happened with Gardner Minshew and coming in and lighting a spark, when it really comes down to it, um, our offense was pretty putrid i mean this stat alone our team had 300 points scored and we gave up almost 400 points scored so it was pitiful consistently worse than our opponent which given our record is not surprising 5.4 yards per play which isn't actually terrible i mean if you can get to the six range seven if you're really really good if you can get to six then you're doing good but what if you couple 5.4 5.4 yards per play with only like, well, they had, I think, a thousand plays overall. You know, it's not going to get the job done. If, I mean, think about the theory, though. Look at the players that we are keeping that I think most people would consider Jaguars stud players. Shark's going to be there. Foles wouldn't consider him a stud because he hasn't shown it, but has the potential to be. Minshew, everybody loves him. Linder, they're definitely keeping him, and they're keeping Leonard Fournette. So those are like the main like stays that they are keeping for sure in offense. Defense, they might not be keeping anybody for the most part. That's the mainstay. Maybe Clayus Campbell. Outside what, of that, what do you think, Miles Jack? I mean, Miles Jack probably comes well, I mean, back. Miles Jack comes back for sure, and of course, Allen does because he's on a rookie deal. I mean, those guys are going to be there. But I'm saying, as far as like the guys everybody knows, like across the league, as people that are up and coming and have a lot of potential. They're all on the offensive side. You plug in another wide receiver that's a stud. You plug in a tight end that helps out. Maybe a left tackle and a backup running back to help out Fournette that's got some potential. I mean, you can change stuff on the offensive line or offensive side and make it exciting. Hey, we might lose 40 to 30-something, but at least it'd be fun to watch them lose. Okay, so if you're... I know this is impossible to know because you have to obviously be flexible with the draft order, but you have four picks in the first three rounds. How many of those picks are you allocating to offense? Three. Three. Okay. And so three picks and um, ideally with what position? What, like what, I mean, I know you got to be best player available, but what couple of positions would you be comfortable with them taking the one defensive player at? The one defensive player? I'd like to see like an interior defensive lineman or a middle linebacker. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think those are, those are both pretty good there depending on this. I mean, I've heard 
I've heard things about this. They're changing the scheme to a three, four. I, just, I, I, I think they should. I think they should. I'd be so down with that. Don't That'd be happen, so man. sick. Put Josh Allen on one side. Uh, I mean, if you could even draft another if, three, four, but like, if they were going to do that, dude, they would have thrown the house in Ngakwe at this point. Like, why would you not keep him if you're going to a three, four? Maybe, maybe Ngakwe is more of a prototypical four, three D end. And we need either an outside rusher three, four guy, or we need a three technique D lineman. So maybe he doesn't fit the mold of a three, four, even though we would just, like him to, I just blacked out a little bit. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Listen, we talk. Okay. In a three, four, your outside linebackers have to be able to play the run and the pass. I mean, they have to be versatile. They have to be able to rush the passer and drop into coverage. You have to have athletes typically to do it. Josh Allen can, can. do it. That's Absolutely. one. I don't think Ngakwe can do it. So I don't think Ngakwe, he, he actually is decent at dropping into coverage. And people yeah. don't give him enough credit for that, for dropping into coverage. He absolutely but can. his ability to keep his outside shoulder free, seal the backside, and turn everything back in against the run, yeah. he cannot do. He gets blown up and he gives up the outside. So he can't play that 3-4 outside edge. So his only other option is to move inside to that interior three technique D end, which typically is played by a guy like Taven Bryan, Calais Campbell, something like that. And he's not that either. So if we are going to the 3-4, he doesn't really fit so that it makes mold. even more sense why we're not trying to sign him. Yeah, but however, a guy like Isaiah Simmons, Ooh. you put him and Miles Jack and Josh Allen, those three guys as your three of your four linebackers in a 3-4, that is absolutely disgusting. Now, I've obviously said we're going offense, but Isaiah Simmons is a guy that I would love to have. Okay. That I'll, guy's unbelievably nasty. We're going to take a quick break. Um, and when we come back from the break, I'm going to tell you what I would do with the first four picks. I like that. Okay. Because it would be a little differently than what you're saying. But well, yours is not going to happen. Mine is. But okay. That's probably true. But we're going to take a quick break. So don't go anywhere. We're going to get a word from our sponsors. Uh, make sure to support them. We appreciate them. Everything they do. They keep us on the air. Shout out to them. Um, sit tight. And we will be right back all right welcome back to another jags podcast episode 109 me and joey are here chilling tonight just talking jags football not a lot going on in the jags world um well i failed to mention something very important earlier and and i know i love when you like break stuff up you love that right absolutely it's the Minshew the second t-shirt jersey shirt that you're wearing right now which is on point yeah and i have to say i'm completely jealous I love it. Let me move my laptop here down. Yeah, so you, you've got to see this. See it's my, like a rock solid. Honestly, my whole life I have been anti jersey tees. Can't tell you when a time I've ever wanted one or thought they've even looked good on anybody. To be honest with you. So you hated my Bortles one you know, three years in a row that I wore it like every single opportunity I had. I gotta say, doesn't matter who. If they wore a jersey tee, I thought they looked stupid. Nah, that's how I felt. That's okay. how I grew up. That's how I was raised. Fair enough. Here I am at thirty years old. Gardner Mishu comes into the league, and I was like, I'm not going to buy a jersey. No. But a jersey tee. That pairs w- <laughs> way better with some cutoff jean shorts than a jersey does. And, and, and now that I actually am talking it out, and I actually am thinking about I actually did buy this for Halloween when I did go as, ah, as Gardner Minshew. Well, that makes more sense. That does, okay. And I but did, it yeah. is a good-looking shirt. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, I, I teased at the break. I was going to talk about what I would do with the picks. And um, it's no secret that I'm a defensive guy. Yeah. I'm defensive through and through. Um, I loved what the Jaguars have been trying to do, build the defense. That's my style. That's how I would do it because defense wins championships over and over and over again. We see that. 
if it's me, and I, I asked you the question, I said, you have four picks in the first three rounds. How many defensive players are you drafting? You said one. Uh, you said three, taking three offensive players. Yes. For me, um, I'm trading two of those picks to move up to get Isaiah Simmons. And in all fairness, when you ask that question, I'm thinking like normal draft picks, not something like that. If we can get Isaiah, do it. I mean, that guy is a like generational player. He's unbelievable. I, I would be all for that. As far as like people are like, oh yeah, you know, obviously if he falls to you, but like I like you said, I would trade up for him. Yeah, I would have no problem with that. Joe Burrow. I would trade up for Joe Burrow. I would too. Chase Young. I would trade up for Chase Young. I don't know about that one. And Isaiah Simmons is the only other person I would trade up for. Akuda, nope. Um, any other quarterback? Tua, it didn't matter. Nope. I wouldn't trade for any of those guys. I agree. Um, I think there was a latest. Uh, I think Bleacher Report put out a mock draft where we traded up to get Tua at like two or three. And it's just like, no, dude, we have Gardner Minshew. We're fine. But like, come with me for a little bit here on, on this journey, okay? The, the defense is now a 3-4 defense. You're the Jaguars. Um, on the defensive line, uh, you've got Marcel Darius back on a restructured cheap deal. You have Calais Campbell on one side, and you have Taven Bryan on the other. Those are your three defensive linemen who can all three push the line of scrimmage. Big dudes. And, and honestly, big those strong dudes. And honestly, those three people, the best thing they're good at yeah, is, is pushing line scrimmage. Pushing dudes. Then yeah. behind you, you have four linebackers. On the strong side, you have Josh Allen, one of the best players in the league. Unbelievable. On the back side linebacker, you have Isaiah Simmons, which you've traded up for. Beast. You put Miles Jack on the interior, and you literally just go out and find a serviceable linebacker to plug into that other fourth linebacker spot. Can you imagine that front seven Against any team, that's disgusting. It really wouldn't matter what our secondary looked like at that point. I mean, it, that that would be insane. And I if have you, to agree. If you trade Ngakwe for any pick, and you can draft a look, you do have to address corner. Look, if you address cornerback with, um, look, let's say you let's let's say I know no one no one would do this. Let's say we traded uh, uh, nine and twenty up for Simmons. I okay. know nobody wants to do that. You can still then use your second round pick to go get a defensive back. Okay, then you have a third, another second round pick to address offense, tight end or receiver or offensive line. You have a and third round pick to address good, good. And then, you, yeah. and then you haven't spent any money. You haven't spent any money. Like, and got, like, you have no contract obligations coming up. And Gakwe's gone. Ramsey's gone. Bouye's gone. You have no. You have Fournette is your next contract obligation. You have nothing coming up that you have to worry about. You have con- You have money to go out and get a receiver. You could pair with DJ Chark. You could go out and get a linebacker, a corner, a safety. You could do whatever you want. Uh, I love that plan. But again, my plan was based off the fact that those things are hard to pull off. So who do we trade up to? Who, who are we going to, what spot do we have to go to? Five? Um, I think you could find someone who, no, I think you have to trade up to three. That's what I'm saying. You have to trade up to three or four. Like I, I, I have Isaiah Simmons, if you're on our YouTube, I have his mock draftable numbers up here and if you look at his little spider web chart but it's through the roof and i love the athlete comparisons of of players like uh george kittle and derwin james guys that that he is going to be an elite nfl player i have no doubt whatsoever but are we talking about the dolphins are we i mean yeah i mean i think you have to look at the dolphins as a team that you could trade up for but they Um, want a quarterback do they not i mean they could, but I mean, look, they still could have another year in Rosen if they wanted to. Look, the Lions, that's a team you could trade up to. I mean, they could be looking for a quarterback, but they could move down to get a yeah, Herbert the, or a guy like Lions. that. 
I mean, Miami, I mean, the, you know, the, the Panthers, if he's there at seven, that look, it's just, there's also a huge, huge, like Darius. I mean, it, I don't see that guy being back. That's true. And, and look, you could plug in, I mean, you could go out and get an Avery Jones. You could go out and get a guy that's serviceable like that. Okay. How about the Giants? Could you trade up? Could you trade nine and 20 for, to the Giants? I think they would do that. Or a Giants six? They're four. Four? If Simmons is there at four. Oof. If Simmons is there at four, do you uh, look? I know. Yeah. I know. Because look, the thing is, is that at nine and 20, you're getting two that might potential. Work, man. You're getting two potential starters for the next yeah, but 10 not, years. Not like generational players. That's though. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, are you going to get a generational? I think Josh Allen is a generational player and he fell to us at seven and we yeah. were lucky. No one's falling outside of seven. That's generational. I agree. No one is. You got to move. The Giants up. at four. That makes a lot of sense. They've already got their quarterback. And if you're in win now mode, like we planned on, like we're gonna, we're uh, well, we're not in win now mode. Well, that's it. Let's let's let's, let's <laughs> a great transition to there. That's a great transition to our to are we in win now mode? Because I want to ask you, Joey, are we tanking? I think we're going for Trevor Lawrence. We're tanking for Trevor. I think we don't quite know what we have at quarterback. I don't. We don't know who our head coach is. We don't know who our general manager is. I absolutely think this is a transition year where they're just doing the best they can to get the next year. And I don't think we want to win. I think we want to maybe make it look like we are, but no, the decisions are pointing towards that, man. Okay. So here's where I don't think we're tanking. First of all, and I think this is point number one, evidence one, a Caldwell and Marone don't have time to tank. If they go eight games into the season and have one, Less than four, I think they're fired. Unless they've been told, "Hey, this is what's happening. This is what we're doing, so we can get Trevor Lawrence next year." They're they are. There's zero percent. I mean, there's zero percent chance. You cannot. Dude, they said at the end of last year that we had to win or they were gone, and they're exactly, not gone. exactly. And I think they're giving them one more year without Coughlin. I think this is it. So you believe them this year, but not last year. I think that they should have done it last year, and there's no way that they can. I mean, there's just no absolute way. So this has to be it for them. This has to be. There's no way that they can be here another year. I definitely think at least one of the two will be here next year, regardless of what happens this year. I think. When I we, think, we I had, think it definitely is there, DC. Listen, there's a lot of former head coaches on this coaching staff. That's yeah, a scary. I agree, dude. That's that's. But none of them that are stepping in the general manager position. I mean, Marone's the one on the hot seat. Yeah, but there's, I mean, you could fire a GM and, and get you in till the end of the year. That's what I'm saying. If we are tanking, then we go into 2021 with the first round pick and a new GM and a new head coach. That's what's happening. And Caldwell knows that and Marone knows that. So I don't think we're tanking. And that's why I think trading up is a possibility. I would love that. Don't get me wrong. I point, would love that. Point two. Look at the last picks at number one. I know Trevor Lawrence is generational. Is it, are we guaranteed the first pick? All it takes is one late season win at But Indy. we have enough draft capital to trade up to the first pick. I don't know. As it, long as we're so, sucky enough. I don't think I, think... I think Trevor Lawrence is a generational guy that if you get him... Because look, if you, on our YouTube, we have all the first round picks over the last 15 years. Okay. Yeah, they're almost always quarterbacks. I get that. And, and really, they're not that good. Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett, sure. Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, Clowney, Fisher, and, Luck, Newton, yeah. Bradford, Stafford. Look, a couple of them are, have been great. A couple of them have been whiffs. Look, here's the thing. I don't think that Trevor Lawrence is a whiff. I think he's a guaranteed grand slam. 
That's why I think we won't be able to trade up to that if we don't get it. You don't think somebody would take two number ones for Trevor Lawrence? I don't think so. I think Trevor Lawrence transcends all those trades. Really? Remember RG3 got like four first round picks? Well, they should have taken them. And RG3 is, is a guy that everyone thought was going to be Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence is what everyone thought RG3 was going to be. So I don't think we'll be able to trade into that pick. I don't think we have time. I don't think this front office has time. I don't think we're in tank mode. I think this is their win now mode. And that I know. And I know. And and I know if that's the revamp, what you're saying, they are switching to a three four and that's the plan, and they're just being like coy about it. Like I said, Marone's the chess master, in my opinion, at, at times. Great. Because I'd be excited about that. I just don't think they're that good and that smart as a front office that that's the truth. Why the hell wouldn't you switch to a three four this year? Because they never have. Why didn't they last year? But that's what I'm saying. I mean, is this, is this not the Hail Mary year? You would think going out and getting Nick Foles on an $80 million contract with a team that's two years removed from the AFC Championship game is in Hail Mary mode. Yeah, you would think they would have gotten a tight end since that was like his key <laughs> to being successful, but they didn't. So, I mean... That's true. That's a good point. You, can't, you, don't, you don't know what they're going to do. Can't use logic? Is that exactly. what you're saying? Can't use logic? Yes. What you're saying makes so much sense. Yeah. Well, good point, but they probably won't do it. You're right. Yeah. They'll do the opposite of that. Which is go all offense. All right, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll ask this question a bunch of times, and and we'll, our mind will change. And in our next episode, we're going to throw out some Twitter questions to you guys to answer. But Joey, let me ask you: if you're picking today, realistically and ideally, okay? So realistically, they could be there at nine. Ideally, they fit, and we need them. There might be the best pay- player available at nine. Who are you picking today? Probably the Alabama wide receiver, Judy, Jerry, Jerry Judy, or Judy, yes, CD Lamb. Okay, so receiver. Uh, most people will just say re- like I would say receiver. receiver at nine. So it could be CD Lamb. It could be Jerry Judy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I mean, I know that's risky. I know there's tons of receivers that haven't made it at that point, but that's probably where I would go. I, mean, I don't think they're going offensive line at one. You definitely don't want to go running back at one because you can get somebody in the third, fourth, fifth round that could blow it up. Offensive tackle, maybe. Yeah, well. I would like to see one offensive lineman drafted and, you know, that Georgia guy drops down. I'd love to see him on the team. Yeah, well, I, I hope so. I mean, offense would be great. Um, if we're not going to trade up to get Simmons. Trust me, I like your plan yeah, way yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, way better. I feel you. I feel you. But I just think that's much harder to pull off, and I don't trust our guys to do it, man, honestly. I, I think if you offered... I think New York's intriguing because I didn't I, realize they were picking four and they don't need a quarterback. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And if that could make some sense. If we only had Coughlin with connections in New York, that'd make more sense. <laughs> if you if you're in New York and you and you look at the Jags ninth pick and you could draft you a really good offensive lineman to protect Daniel Jones and also and I it makes it, a ton of sense, man. I like it. And I, look, nobody wants to give away that twentieth pick because, like I said, that's potentially two. 20 year or two 10 year starters at nine and 20, but it's also two potential busts. Yeah. I'd rather go for the sure thing. Isaiah Simmons, wrap it up with some second and third round picks, surround that defense, add a free agent on offense. You could even, yet you even have the money there for Hooper. I don't want Hooper, but you have the money there for Hooper. Why don't you want Hooper? Because he's too expensive. He's going to end up, he's going to end up getting like 12 million a year. You think it's like a a multi Thomas? I, I think you have to have the right type of quarterback to make a tight end have value at that level. And the only guys that could do that are like 
Matt Ryan, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Nick Foles, but I don't know if Nick Foles is going to get Jimmy G. Yeah, Jimmy G. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's there's a handful of them out there. I don't know if Gardner Minshew could get twelve million dollars okay, a Hayden year Hurst worth of free agency. Then Hayden Hurst, we have to trade for. So you'd have to trade like a third or a fourth round pick for Hayden Hurst. Okay, I'm not a big Hayden Hurst guy. Really? Yeah, I, I just mm, something about guys that are from Jacksonville take to the. I understand he played baseball, but he's like 28. He's not. He's not like. He's, he's just, I think he's if we pulled. Chicken. I think if we pulled up old tapes of. Another Jack's podcast. You were high on Hayden Hurst. Um, I don't think the so. Draft. I think you were. Maybe. Maybe. I think you point. added at that point, like he's mature. Maybe that sounds like something I would. But he do. hasn't done a lot in. But for Baltimore, I just agree. like Hayden Hurst has matured, I have also matured. In my <laughs> and I don't think that he's the right fit. That was fantastic. Well, anything else you want to add? I think it's going to wrap up our podcast. I mean, that, I think like, it's a good summary of where we're at. I mean, we got the draft coming up. We're gonna we're gonna have fun at the draft. It's gonna be a good time and. That's our that's that's our time of year is the draft. I mean, that's where we make our money is in draft is. evaluations. I mean, it's a whole new world. Absolutely. Um, I will say that we are running out of topics now that there's no interesting things happening until we do need some fan feedback. We are. We're gonna so we're gonna have some Twitter polls out there. So make sure you comment on the Twitter polls because that's pretty much what we're picking for these podcasts to, to read on here. I would our, like the next one to be nothing but responding to fans. I, I think that's what it will be. Our last one, we got a lot of the fan interaction talking about the tight ends. If you go back and listen to episode 108, um, we got a lot of your feedback on the tight end position. That's kind of what we talked about a little yeah. bit last week. So make sure to check that out. Um, make sure to support our sponsors. Thank you guys so much for listening. You know what really helps us out is um, giving us a rating on iTunes. So just give us a five-star rating. Um, we have the highest rating of any Jags podcast. Um, so we're not just another Jags podcast, but we're also the highest rated Jags podcast. So we big on Instagram now too. Instagram we've popped off on some followers. Shout out to our UK fans. Cause apparently the UK loves us all our, we're picking up a bunch of UK fans left and right. We love you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening from across the pond. Shout out to our Duval people that are here as well. I mean, pretty, pretty soon with like coronavirus, like the only thing you're gonna be able to do is like pull up in your house and listen to our podcast. That's true. We're about to get huge. That's a good point. We the are coronavirus has huge. created a opportunity for people to listen to us. Yeah, can't catch it. Listen to us. We'll make sure to step our game up as at the same time. I agree. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we will see you guys in a couple days. We'll have some more podcasts out. Um, and as always, go Jags. Go Jags.